This is the Retire Happy Podcast with John Amarino, teaching you each episode about holistic retirement planning. Hello there and a welcome once again to the Retire Happy Podcast with San Diego's premier holistic retirement advisor, John Amarino. He's a fiduciary financial advisor at Securus Financial, serving you in the San Diego area with an office on Trina Street, right there conveniently on Interstate 15 next to Scripps Ranch High School. And you can find us online and listen to past episodes of the show by going to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. John, ready for another great episode of the show today? I am, Walter, and you sound much better. Yeah, a little the, bit, a little bit, past, still. Past the, uh, the the cold now? It's one of those ones that just keeps kind of hanging around, you know what I mean? Just, it just does, well, it won't quite go away, but I have a feeling by next show, I'll be 100% for sure. I hope so, because that'd be like a whole month. I know, I'm like 98.9% of the way there right now. So good, good. Not, not too bad. Thanks for asking. Well, we've got a great <laughs> show today. Uh, you know, last month, if you listened to the podcast, we began our special Roadmap to Retirement Success series. And the visual John discussed was the old game shoots and ladders. And as a refresher, you know, you need to get to the top of the board to win. You've got these ladders to help you get there quicker, shoots that can set you back and make it that much harder to get to the top and win. And you like this analogy, John, because there are many good decisions and bad decisions or life events that can either help as a ladder to ensure you have peace of mind in retirement or a shoot that could increase your probability of failure during your retirement years. So that takes us to the second of your initial planning fundamentals. And today's topic is investing. John, tell us what do you see from people who initially visit your office and how do you address this planning topic of investing. Well, Walter, this is definitely one of the initial planning fundamentals we address. And it's February. It's one of my favorite times of the year because spring training is back for uh, Major League Baseball. And I always tell people this, listen, fundamentals are extremely important. You have professionals, whether it's baseball, hockey, football, uh, golf, those professionals and using the baseball analogy, they drill down on fundamentals for the next month plus. You're teaching professionals how to throw the ball from the pitcher's mound to first base. Bunt. So fundamentals are extremely important in pro sports. They're extremely important when it comes to retirement planning. And the problem I see when it comes to investing is I typically see this ideology. Investing in retirement is just like investing while we were working. Right? We accumulated all this wealth. We did a great job. So why is there a need to change what we're doing? And so what I often see is people have too much risk, period. They have too much risk that they want personally, but they have too much risk for their new phase in distribution in life. Right, They have no preservation. So what does everyone want? They, they want good returns on their investments. Shocker, right, Walter? Yeah, why wouldn't you want a positive return and influence with your dollars? Right. Sure. Right. Everybody loves double-digit returns. Yeah. I love good returns, right? Who doesn't? But as a holistic retirement advisor, I tell retirees that return on investments are only a small portion of the pie. You know, and we've discussed this throughout our time together. Retirement has multiple complexities that people aren't even truly aware of. As a matter of fact, I believe my true value does not just lie in rates of return, but truly learning about my clients and what they want to achieve. 
And a lot of what I do is help my clients engage in financial behavioral change and realizing how the retirement phase is vastly different than the accumulation phase or working years of their life. So the first thing I tell people is this, when it comes to investing, investing is completely different in retirement. And this is really a surprise for a lot of people. You have to change your strategy and more importantly, your thinking. Your livelihood is now dependent on your investments, right? There is no more paycheck for peace of mind. Your time horizon is shorter. You don't have the time to bounce back from large market losses. And if you're no longer working, you can't contribute to an IRA to help soften the blow of market losses like when you did when you were working and contributing to the 401k. As a matter of fact, Walter, it's the exact opposite in retirement. You are drawing from the investments for your livelihood. And if you sustain major market losses, you are exposing yourself to one of the biggest financial risks retirees face, and that's called sequence of returns risk. Now, most people are unfamiliar with this concept. So let me talk about the biggest reason why investing is different for retirees. And there's a lot of research being done on sequence of returns risk because this is arguably one of the most important financial concepts that you can understand in retirement. It has a big impact during the distribution phase of retirement. If you lose money in the market and you take a distribution from that retirement account, you are now exaggerating the losses. So for example, let's say your investments dropped 20% and you took 5% of those assets to live on, your account value didn't just decrease by 20%, it decreased by 25%. And that in a nutshell is the beginning of sequence of returns. And once that starts, it can snowball quickly to the point of no recovery. So if you think about where the market is at right now, we're at an all-time high. We're at a 10-year bull market. Now, I personally like where our economy is at and going, and there's a lot of analysts who are bullish or, or feel good about the market. But there's also a lot of economists that are thinking we might be closer to the end than the beginning. So my point there is no one knows what lies ahead. No one has a crystal ball, right? Just ask Merrill Lynch, Bear Stearns, Lehman Brothers, right? So you need to address and plan for that uncertainty. Because if the latter happens and the market does correct and we have a recession and you experience big negative returns early on, you will deplete your account balance in retirement much quicker and you have a much, much higher chance of failure. And folks in retirement, it's not about the average returns that you get on your money. It's about protecting against large market downturns and sequence of returns risk and ensuring that you have sustainable income and assets to last both you and your spouse's life. Now, the other thing that we also have to address, and, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier, investors' mindsets play a huge role in planning, right? Walter, you're an investor. You're irrational. I'm, I'm, ver an I'm very irrational. <laughs> I'm an advisor. I'm irrational, right? Yeah. You know, I, I tell my clients, listen, I stress out when my clients lose money because I, I want what's best for them. You know, I care about them. I, I want them to always make money. But, you know, the reality of that's not going to happen. You know, the, that's going to be impossible. You know, there's always going to be pullbacks in the market. So we're all irrational human beings. 
And behavioral finance studies have shown that the biggest elements that will cause major havoc on someone's life savings are fear and greed. You know, and, th- and that's something that affects everybody in life. People want those big rates of return, but it's the experience of market losses and that pain and that stress that will drive them to make the costly investment mistakes. And again, folks, like I said, this is not my opinion. It's well studied and documented with over three decades of research by Dalbar, um, you know, that quantitative think tank out of Massachusetts that I always mention. Their findings show investors consistently underperform the markets because they're irrational and make poor emotionally based investment decisions. As a matter of fact, BlackRock did a study that reiterated this. And that study focused on investing in emotions and and actually showed how the average investor underperforms every other asset class. We're talking stocks, bonds, gold, international stocks, real estate. They underperform every other asset class. As a matter of fact, the only thing that the average investor outperformed was inflation. And that was by a slight margin of less than 1%. So investors' mindsets play a huge role in the planning. And this is a direct effect of bad decisions that are made in volatile times. Most people believe they have to take big market risks to make big monetary gains, and to have a successful and happy retirement. When in reality, Walter, it's the exact opposite for retirees. If you're chasing those big returns every year, behavioral finance has proven to us that you will not have true peace of mind and you will be more susceptible to making costly investment mistakes and more susceptible to failing in retirement. And folks, you get one shot at this. It is imperative to limit those mistakes. So when I teach people at National University or when they come into my office, I tell them about that old saying, it's not what you make, it's what you keep in the end. And that is an absolute in retirement planning. I tell my clients, let's make a good return, but let's do it smartly and safely. It's about safety and peace of mind. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. I can look at what my clients have done and they've done just fine, but you don't need to take unnecessary financial risks to have a happy retirement. In fact, when you're able to make a good return and do it smarter and safely, you have a better chance of success and peace of mind. And and in my experience, Walter, that's what the people who work with me truly want. Yeah. People are tired of being on the roller coaster in many ways by the time they get to that retirement destination. And so it makes sense that the counter to that is that peace of mind and that uh, confidence in their plan that they're seeking. So what are some of the areas, John, the investing areas you think retirees should really be aware of? Well, number one, how much risk are you willing to take? Right. And you need to look at it this way. Investments are just like going to the casino. It's just like going to Las Vegas. Now, if you walk into a Las Vegas casino, are you one of those people that's going to go to the $5 table or the $50 table? You know, and it's not about where other people are. It's where you're most comfortable at. And just like at the casino, you have to look at your investments of how much are you willing to lose. Number two, are you properly diversified And is your portfolio academically and fundamentally sound 
in its construction. Way too many people that I see have very little diversity. They think they have diversity, but they don't. They either have a bunch of stocks within the same sectors, a bunch of mutual funds within the same sectors, and they believe that because they have a lot of holdings, they're diverse. Well, guess what? If you have a bunch of stocks within the S&P 500 and you have a bunch of mutual funds or ETFs that are large cap that invest in the S&P 500, then you're investing in the same exact companies. So you're not, you're not diversified. You're heavily correlated. And one fundamental of investing is you need to be diversified or across several asset classes, both domestic and foreign. So that's the second thing. Another thing is that people will often use dividends for income. Now, I'm not here to knock that. That's a solid approach, and I've done with this for some of my clients. But you have to do your research and understand what the risks are. What happens if that company doesn't pay a dividend? Right? You don't get money, first of all. What happens to your principal if that dividend-paying stock or company has issues? Right. One of my first investment firms was out of Cincinnati. So we knew about GE and their issues in 2008. GE, General Electric, was one of the largest trading S&P 500 companies at that time, lost 86% of its value. So you have to understand what will that do to your dividends? What happens if they stop paying the dividend, which they can do? And typically, if they stop paying a dividend or hold back a dividend, that typically adds more volatility to that stock. So if you're depending on your investments as income, or let me put this in a more impactful way, if you're depending on your investments to fund your livelihood, you have to understand what happens if a crisis occurs on a market crash or recession or pullback. And understand that this is one of the biggest risks of owning stock. And that is that you're susceptible to business risk. And what do I mean by business risk? If that company has a major PR issue, or if, God forbid, one of their private jets crashes and kills several of their executives, just issues like that, you can have a significant stock drop before you can even react to it as an investor. And you have to really ask yourself, are you prepared for that? And I know a lot of people aren't prepared for those consequences. But as you're talking about stocks so much here, John, I'm kind of harking back to that old moniker of, uh, you know, get out of stocks and into bonds as you get into retirement. So what about bonds? Do you see a lot of retirees still using them today to avoid risk? Yeah. And, you know, people have traditionally looked at the the 60-40 or 40-60 model, right? You know, 60% uh, stocks. And when you're working, then you tradition of 40% or 40% bonds. And then in retirement, you flip that around 60% bonds because bonds are, are less volatile and you don't have as much exposure to risk. And people have traditionally looked at bonds to be that diversification of risk. Now, return on bonds from a historical perspective, and we're going to go back in time here to, from 1952 to 2013. Okay, let's take a look at how bonds have acted because bonds are interest rate sensitive. So, and I say that on a very granular level because some bonds are, but traditionally most bonds are. From 1950 to 1981, we were in a historically rising interest rate environment. So interest rates were going up and those interest rates peaked right in the early 1980s. 
So what we have to understand that in a rising interest rate environment, like we were during that time period, the average return on bonds was only 2.95%. Now, let's look at a declining interest rate environment, which happened from 1981 through 2013. And, and really, I mean, we're still at very low interest rate environment. But during this time, we really had a declining interest rate environment. During that time period, you actually saw a 9.4% return on bonds. Wow. That's pretty good. Right. So because, you know, with, with bonds and, and why we have that is, you know, if you had a bond that you bought in 2010 and the interest rate on it was 9%, you could sell that very easily to me now because maybe my bond is only worth 4%. So I would want that 9% you know, bond that's going to pay me 9% every year. But what happens if you bought a bond now that was 4% in two years, bonds were at 5%, you would have a hard time selling me that bond because I'd say, Walter, I like you. You're a great guy, but why would I want to buy your 4% bond when I can go <laughs> buy a bond right now that'll pay me 5%. Right. Therefore, if you need to liquidate that or change that investment, you're going to have to sell that bond to me at a discount. So if you bought that bond for $1,000, and the secondary market only dictates that you can sell it for 900, you, you just lost 10%. So that's how, you know, what we talk about bonds and, and something called duration risk. So what I find that is most of our clients were invested during this period, more than 1981 through the current plan. So if they were doing any simulations or financial planning, they're looking at rates of returns in portfolios and how bonds have historically returned during a different timeline. And the problem is, I believe that in those older simulations or financial planning philosophies used over the last 30 years, is they've set some unrealistic expectations, especially with bonds. And because we've been in a generally decreasing interest rate environment, we have to ask ourselves again, is where are we now? Right? We are in historically low interest rates right now. And where do we believe interest rates are going to go over the next couple of years or decade or two, right? Going forward throughout your entire retirement, there's a good likelihood that we are going to go into a generally increasing interest rate environment. So therefore, we may not experience those positive returns in bonds or bond funds that we've been experienced for a good portion of our lifetime in investing. Well, I can see, John, why there might be so many misconceptions about bonds and the stocks and the balance between the two. Maybe for kind of a, a final word on this topic for a moment, something else that you talk about often being misunderstood would be uh, the tax implications of all these different things. We always got to make sure we enter taxes into the conversation. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's been proven that a good tax efficient plan can add one to 2% without risk, without market risk to your investments. And, you know, this is one of the most overlooked parts of holistic retirement planning. All right. Do it yourselfers. They, they don't really look at it. They're, I, I tend to see that they're focused on returns, even advisors. They're either too focused on returns or they don't even want to touch the tax conversation which I find to be funny because everything they're investing you in has a taxable consequence. So, you know, I tell people this, first of all, 
your IRA or your 401k, it's taxed at ordinary income rates, just like as you had a job. And that that tax deferred umbrella of money is actually one of the worst umbrellas of money to have in terms of taxation, right? Um, you know, and, and that's contrarian to what you've heard for your whole working life. You've always heard defer 401k, tax deferred, tax deferred. Well, now in retirement, it's actually one of the worst taxed accounts, right? When we look at tax-free accounts like the Roth IRA or cash value life insurance, or when we even look at taxable accounts, those non-qualified taxable accounts that have perhaps preferable capital gains, long-term capital gains, or qualified dividends that have preferred tax rates that are going to be lower than your ordinary income. You have to understand that investments out there trigger phantom capital gains that you may not that you may be paying the taxes on even if you don't take a distribution from that account that's counterproductive and we have to understand that growth is not always your friend in retirement and it could trigger higher required minimum distributions which could potentially trigger higher marginal tax traps in regards to social security and medicare so let me let me kind of get off my soapbox here and just tell you about a story there's a couple a couple of years back, Walter, and and I, I talk about this couple all the time. I'm not working with them. We we weren't a good fit, and uh, you know they had they had a, a couple million dollars in assets, and the expectations from an investment standpoint were you know we want ten percent a year, and we don't want to lose any money. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even get paid if we lose money. So you know, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, that's how's that working out for you so far in your search for an advisor? But as we went through the process and we analyzed their investments, they had a couple glaring red flags. First of all, using our analytical software, which is a third-party software and well-respected software across the industry, their potential annual average rate of return was 5.9%. That's far off their 10% mark. And if we look back and we stress tested their portfolio and we had 2008 or even more so the whole financial crisis from October of 07 to March of 09, their maximum drawdown during the last financial crisis, if it were to happen again on their current investments, they would stand to lose over 45% of their wealth. So here you are, they want 10% a year average, they're getting 59 and they don't want to lose any money, but how they currently had their portfolio constructed, they're going to lose almost half their wealth. So this is, I mean, at least on what they've told me, exactly what they don't want. And, and quite frankly, is one of the worst portfolios I've seen. I, I'm not trying to be rude. That's just a very, very honest, straightforward opinion. But here was the kicker. What if they got their wish? And they were able to earn 10% a year over the next seven years. And all they would do, because these people didn't need income, they had pensions, they were going to have social security, they were fine income-wise. What they didn't understand was that that growth would add a $70,000 tax bill when they were forced to take RMDs. And that they would actually go from a 28% tax bracket now this is you know based on the old tax brackets to a 46% tax bracket now the guy said there's not that's your software's wrong 
there is no 46% tax bracket. There's only a 39. So this is flawed. I go, it is for the exception of the fact that this software is taking into account the taxation of Medicare and Social Security. So therefore, your taxes are essentially at 46%. So let me ask you a question, sir. Do you think it's worth risking half of your life savings, not having a tax plan to go with it, to only increase your taxable liability by 70% and absolutely blow your Medicare premium payments through the roof? And at that point in time, he was pretty speechless on that. So my point here is every action in retirement has a reaction. And folks, retirement planning can be a spider web. And I hate to say it, most people, whether they're do-it-yourselfers or have advisors, have not thought about this or planned for this. And what happens? They get tangled in the spider web and we all know what, how much people hate walking in those damn spider webs, right, Walter? They start flailing their arms around. <laughs> I, I, I live in the woods, so this happens to me quite a bit. And I also don't right. like spiders very much. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with the walking into the spider web around the corner. And we have big spiders here. <laughs> right. So there's that, you know, we, I'm sure you're not making a huge scene, but nobody likes that feeling of a spider web on you. Oh, right? it I, I mean, just stays on you, too, you know? You, you think you got it off of you, and then a minute later, you, it stretches across your face again, and you're, oh, I can't get the little things off of me. Yeah, right. So, in addition to you know the other analogies we've used, it's really, I mean, that's how retirement planning is. You know, you think it could be good, but you know, one little bad decision can make multiple different webs that you can walk into. So, these are things that we talk about every day with our clients, and th that's what truly drives me going to work every day, knowing that when I sit down with somebody and I can share with them a different perspective, a fresh set of eyes from an advisor that solely focuses on retirement planning and all its complexities, that's when the individuals who work with us, they can put their head on their pillow at night and rest easy, and I can do the same, Walter. So important to make sure that we understand that retirement planning is absolutely different. And I've heard a lot about that during our shows, John. I like your analogy that you said before, how, you know, people have a family physician and they may be a great doctor and you may like them a lot, but there may be a time when you need to transition to that specialist. If it's, you know, a serious issue, a heart condition, you see a cardiologist again, that's a specialist. And it's just like that in retirement, you know, and in your case, as you said, your sole focus is retirement planning and all the complexities that go with it. So it just makes sense that somebody who's entering into that phase of life certainly needs to work with somebody who's making it their sole mission and uh, guide to be an expert in that field and to shepherd people through that process. Yeah, and, and it, it truly is an absolute passion for what I do. I absolutely love the position that I'm able to put my clients in. Well, as always, if you need any help with something that we've talked about on the show or you want to talk to John a little bit more about what putting together a comprehensive, a holistic retirement plan looks like, you can reach out and call him at 858-935-6210. 
That's 858-935-6210. Or go online to gosecurus.com. That's gosecurus.com. And find all the information that you need there on the website as well. We'll put the links and the phone number in the description of today's show. So whatever app you're using to listen to the program, you should be able to find it there in the show notes section or the description section and get the information that you need. Well, John, thank you for your help and guidance once again on the show today. Really enjoyed our zeroing in on the topic of investing, and we'll look forward to continuing to march down the path of analyzing how to achieve retirement success next month. Absolutely, Walter. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Uh, Certainly did. That's another edition, kind of uh, part two of the Roadmap to Retirement Success series here on the Retire Happy Podcast. For John Amarino, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us. We'll talk to you next time. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Securus Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. The opinions expressed by John Amarino and guests on this radio show are their own and are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine and future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered.